102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers, you'll need them. Use them. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You want to follow me on Twitter or X or whatever it's called this week, do so. I'm at Jeff Ward Show. You can post comments there as well. Get to a lot of those comments. All I ask is you not suck. Bring your A-game. Make the show better if you can. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Subscribe to the podcast. We drop it each afternoon. You get the Jeff Ward Show podcast wherever you download your podcasts. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Seems to be doing pretty well. My face is out there and I hate it, but subscribe to it. We drop the YouTube show uh, each afternoon as well. So what does paying a player a huge salary do for you? I'll give you the numbers, and then you can decide if it's, if it's worth it after all. This is pretty interesting on a number of levels. What is most interesting about the highest paid list, this is highest paid list of players in the NFL. It's interesting not because of who was on the list. You'll be able to figure out a lot of them. Some of them will just blow your mind. But the highest paid players on the list, the position, but because... They're the highest paid. Count how many playoff teams are in there. Do that. Not just playoff wins. Getting to the playoffs. What's even more interesting is the richest players of all time list. And you'll never guess who made that. And there's one of them I still don't understand how he's not worth more. I just, I don't get it. Um, And I think you're going to ask the same question. So, here you go. I found this uh, this list at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning as usual. And I'll go from number 10 on up and, again, start counting the playoff teams. Number 10 is everyone's favorite, Daniel Jones. He makes $40 million a year. He's the quarterback of the New York Giants. They're terrible. He's terrible. No playoffs. Number 9 is Josh Allen. He makes $43 million a year as the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. He's got a $258 million deal for six years. I'm doubting that they make the playoffs. Uh, number 8 on the list, they will make the playoffs. He makes $45 million a year, $450 million over 10 years. They'll be in the playoffs. That's Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Number 7 who makes $46 million a year. He has a $230 million deal, all guaranteed. He's the quarterback or was the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. His name is Deshaun Watson. That will not be playing in the playoffs. Okay, count them up. How many are really playoff teams? What does this money really do for you? Number six, $46 million a year. Kyler Murray, the quarterback, currently the quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. He's played the last couple of weeks for the first time in over a year. They're not going to be in the playoffs. If you've noticed a trend here, I hope that you do, that we've got one playoff team out of the first five that I've read. Number five is Russell Wilson. He makes $48.5 million. He's the quarterback of the Denver Broncos. And two weeks ago, we would say there's no chance they make the playoffs, but they might. So we'll just give them a check mark there. There's two out of, what, six now? Number four on the list, they will be in the playoffs, and they might win it all. That's Jalen Hurts. He makes $51 million a year. 
Uh, number three on the list. They'll be in the playoffs. They might be in the Super Bowl. $52 million a year. $260 million total. He's the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens. That is Lamar Jackson. Number two on the list. They will not make the playoffs, and I don't know how he still has a head coach. Justin Herbert makes $52.5 million a year. He's the quarterback for the Chargers. They will not make the playoffs. Number one on the list makes $55 million a year. He's Joe Burrow. He's not playing. He's hurt again. And the Cincinnati Bengals probably will not make the playoffs. So if you count them up, of the top 10 highest paid players in the game, obviously all are quarterbacks, and Dak Prescott per year is no longer on the list. But of the 10, you have three, maybe four, the quarterback teams that are going to the playoffs. I think it's an investment out of fear more than it's an investment out of certainty. Fear is, is what I think owners do. And, and I think they do it with coaches too. So they freak out. If I don't have that, then I'm going to be terrible. And so they sort of scare themselves into ta- thinking their quarterback is better than they really are. Or, okay, there's that part of it. And the second part of it is, and I've said this many times, and nobody likes to believe it, you sink that much money into one position, it comes at the expense of the rest of the roster, and there's very few guys that play today or have ever played that can make everyone around them that much better. Obviously, Kyler Murray cannot make the Cardinals a playoff team this year. Daniel Jones can't now and maybe never. Um, Justin Herbert can't. I, there's your problem. So there's the highest paid players in the game today with uh, three to four playoff teams out of the entire top ten list, which tells you everything. Um, then you get to, I have no idea why they included this. The richest NFL players ever. Now, this is money made while they were in the game, and then there's money made away from the game. And there's no way you would guess, number one, it's kind of goofy. Number 10 on the list of the wealthiest NFL players ever. Russell Wilson has a net worth at career earnings of $266.3 million. His net worth is $165 million. Eli Manning is number nine, net worth of $252 million. Playing, I'm sorry, playing football, 252, net worth 170. Aaron Rodgers, who might still play this year, which is crazy to me. His net worth is $200 million. He's earned playing $342 million. Number seven on the list. He must be into something I don't know about. He made $50 million while he was playing. He's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's still at ES. I don't think he's at ESPN anymore. Steve Young has a net worth of $200 million. He invested well. I don't know what else he does. Uh, okay, this is what's weird to me. Number six on the list, who made $10,000 a year in the NFL as a coach. That's hard to believe as well. John Madden has a net worth of $200 million. No. Wait, 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 wait. John, you know Madden, which is like 90% of the people that know the name Madden know the name Madden because of the video game. John Madden, the story of John Madden in the video game is pretty fascinating. He's on a train because he doesn't fly. He was involved in a plane crash. 
no joke. And he was on the on the train with uh, some guys from EA Sports, whatever it was called at the time, a long, long time ago. And they started talking to him. They're designing a game. They wanted him to draw up the plays. Next thing you know, they created the game that was sort of orchestrated by John Madden. How he's only worth two hundred million, I don't know. Why? Why is that? I mean, that game historically has got has to have done more than a billion dollars in sales. All right, whatever they list his net worth. At only $200 million. <laughs> Number uh, five on the list is Peyton Manning, $248 million playing. He has a net worth of $250 million himself. That does make some sense. This guy is, um, he's become kind of a media rock star. There's nothing he doesn't pitch. He's the ultimate pitch man to middle America. And if I were his agent, I would be excited about that because he's going to age with middle America. Right? He's he's not he's pitching products now to forty and above middle America, and he'll keep doing it for a long time. And he likes to do it and he's really good at it. Number four on the list, he made eight million dollars while he was playing. Apparently that show, what was it? That's incredible, really paid well. Anybody remember that show? Fran Tarkenton has a net worth of three hundred million dollars. He was on That's Incredible. I think that was the show. He has had a software as well. I Yeah, something like that. I don't... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Remember that? They would all wear yellow blazers. That's incredible. The audience would yell out, that's incredible. Who was? John Davidson was on that show. <sighs> it was bad. Number three on the list. And I don't know if this counts as broadcasting money or not. He made $332.9 million playing. He should have. He played forever. He has a net worth of $300 million. That's Tom Brady. Number two on the list is awfully close to a billionaire. He made $100,000 a year playing. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of those guys that I would say if you took him in his prime and stuck him in the NFL today, I think he'd still be a great player. I do. Um, he had all of NFL skills to play quarterback now. He had him in his prime back in the back in the 70s and 80s, I guess, to a degree. Roger Staubach is worth $600 million. And I think it dates back to when he was playing, he would do real estate in the offseason and has parlayed that into a, you know, obviously a giant enterprise worth almost a billion dollars. Number one on the list, I had no idea he played – in the NFL, he owned an NFL team and was run out of the NFL, which is pretty hard to do. His name is Jerry Richardson. I thought he was dead. Says he has a net worth of $2 billion. He made all of $10,000 in his NFL career. He owned the Carolina Panthers and I sold them, I guess, to a lunatic, David Tepper, who is a real problem now for the NFL hedge fund guy who now owns the Carolina Panthers who keeps firing everybody. So those are the wealthiest football players of all time. I, there was a time I'll bet you that OJ made that list. I'll bet you at a time probably pre murder, but I'll bet you pre murder OJ Simpson probably was on a top 10 list because of his pitch deals, because of all of his endorsement deals, because of his bad movie deals. 
And that was all pre-murder. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Jeff Ward Show. On 102.7 ESPN. Now back to the Jeff Ward Show. Shut up, smoker voice, and let that kid talk. Everyone, let, let's do this. Let's get in the lecture hall, if we could, for uh, just a few minutes. Uh, please put your phones away. Pick your head up. Uh, close the laptops, actually, if you would like. We're going to all sit down the lecture hall, talk a little bit about business, business strategy. Uh, no, you don't have to go to your textbook. We will have some charts up here for you to follow on the y-axis if you don't mind so are you ready prepare yourself to think prepare yourself to think what could possibly go wrong and how it is you would fix this business got it students we'll be in uh, welch 2.24 to be exact what could go wrong with the endless shrimp deal <laughs> think about it what could go wrong with the endless shrimp deal all right, students, think it through. What could go wrong with the endless shrimp deal? And if you don't know the deal, what the hell's wrong with you anyway? How can you not know the endless shrimp deal? What's your problem? You know, I've never been in a Red Lobster, ever. I sit at a corner down here often, and I am amazed. It's packed. So everybody knows the endless shrimp deal. For $20, because you don't know the endless shrimp deal, for $20, customers <laughs> eat as much shrimp as they want. There you go. Do you know the endless shrimp deal? I did some reading on this. The endless shrimp deal has been around for approximately 18 years. What could possibly go wrong, students? I know you're going to say, well, Professor, after 18 years, you've taught us that if the graph is still positive, if the chart shows that things are still going well, you don't muck it up, you don't mess with it. Well, students, there's a problem, a real problem. So think it through. What could be wrong with $20 to eat all the shrimp you can eat? Could it be the deal is not enticing enough? Could it be that? I mean, we could stop and have this whole thing about what promotions do, how they're a spike in the business, and that's basically it. They're not really trendsetters. They're just short-term spikes in the business, but I won't bore you with that. So let's talk about the endless shrimp deal. What could go wrong? Could it be that it's just not enticing enough? Um, could it be that the, the goal of generating traffic in the Red Lobsters just isn't there? Could it be the deal is priced too high at $20? Maybe, students, you probably thought about this, maybe there's a shrimp shortage and they haven't been able to catch enough shrimp. I suspect that could happen too. It's none of those things. I mean, all those things at various times probably could, could crop up, but that's not the immediate problem. Red Lobster um, made a horrific mistake. For a company that has been unbelievably successful, I believe as in terms of chain restaurants, I think that Red Lobster is one of the most successful the past 20, 25 years, if not the most successful. Until this. Until this went horribly wrong. The mistake, students, that Red Lobster has made is they have underestimated how much Americans eat. You throw the door open, look out. They've underestimated how much... <laughs> 
how much Americans will eat. And not only that, the amazing thing about this is you plot this along the y-axis, we're eating more and more and more. I mean, like five, ten years ago, they thought they had this figured out. They thought they had the calculus here correct. But no, we're eating more than ever. They just didn't build it in properly. A hugely successful franchise, one of the most successful franchise chains in this country, and a conference call... <laughs> I would love to hear it. In a conference call with investors yesterday... The CEO and the CFO had to admit they underestimated the appetite of the Americans so badly they had an $11 million loss this quarter. That's how fat we are. We're eating red lobster out of business. <laughs> yep, they had an $11 million loss in the third quarter of 2023. Now that doesn't, from what I've read, that doesn't happen to red lobster very often. But they just underestimated. They, they don't make many mistakes there, from what I can tell. Look at their balance sheet. They don't make many mistakes. The one mistake they made, students, is we eat them out of business. They got to fix it now. What are you going to do? How are you going to cut us off? Can you cut us off? Traffic has gone up only slightly. Okay, so one of the goals the CFO said was, well, we wanted, you know, look, we, we realized it wasn't going to be a moneymaker for us. They didn't realize. Again, the underestimation is they didn't realize how much we eat. But um, they just wanted to generate store traffic. Apparently, there's like a dip in restaurant traffic in the third and fourth quarter. I have no idea why, but whatever. Um, and so even traffic went up slightly. But we're eating more than ever. <laughs> You can't stop us from eating. And Red Lobster even admitted to raising the price point. So they were trying to catch up with our eating on the, what is it, the Endless Shrimp Deal. Who hasn't been a part of Endless Shrimp Deal? Well, you, you're just about killing this business off if you're not careful. So they even over time admitted that they were raising the price. They were at 20 bucks, $20. All the shrimp you can eat, America. Oh, my God, look at us go. They raised it to 22. They raised it to 25. Um, it got to 25, and they still can't keep up. We eat more than 25 bucks a piece. Easily. So, business students, let's plot this. Let's go over here to the uh, charts and graphs. What is the price point at which Red Lobster doesn't lose money, students? As we chart along, we see the average Americans eating a massive amount of shrimp. <laughs> so we've now learned the hard way that 25 isn't enough. Not even close. They lost $11 million. And I suspect, what, what else do you get at Red Lobster? Like some pork chops or something like that? I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Pork chops? I don't know. Everything else is doing fine. The margins are good. But this one, they can't price it high enough. So what would it be? It's a loser at 20. It's a loser at 22, the endless shrimp deal. It's apparently a loser, the endless shrimp deal, at 25. So students, we plot this along, those of you that are in finance, it looks as if Red Lobster is going to have to charge about $95 a person because that's how much we eat. I kind of made that up. But you get the point. They can't. 
they've underestimated how much to charge because we've eaten them into a loss, a pretty bad loss. So I, somebody's there. I mean, they talked to Wall Street yesterday. They had to admit this stuff. So somebody's been plodding along, and they're saying, boss, look how much we're going to have to charge because that's how much they eat. There are not enough boats out there in the Gulf to keep us in business. So students, what's the takeaway lesson? What is the takeaway lesson today? What have you taken away from this example? Okay. I know what it is. What do you think? I believe the answer is this. Never, ever, ever get into a price war against the American consumer's ability to overeat. What other conclusion do you have? I don't know another one, right? I mean, the lesson learned here is you cannot, you can't keep up, you can't match, you can't get into a price war with the American diet, <laughs> okay? Um, you just you just can't. I, I suspect this will end all-you-can-eat deals forever. I don't know anybody would be dumb enough to try it. I don't. I don't care what product it is. You throw the door open, we'll eat you out of business. But this really is a cl- classic case of you cannot get into a price war, a competitive price situation up against the American consumer's ability unbelievable ability right I mean we are we are aggressive overeaters we're not just going to eat you throw it up there free shrimp we're not just going to eat we are going to eat ourselves into oblivion and we'll take your business down with us Jeff Ward weekdays on 102.7 ESPN Show. Better like that, kid. All right, some responses, as you could imagine. Uh, the students are responding to the question of the day, how it is that, um, how could the endless shrimp deal be a more profitable venture? Not, no, no, let's reframe that. How could the endless shrimp deal not be a money loser for Red Lobster? So students, you've tackled this. Let's see what you have. At Jeff Ward Show. Hey, America, the ocean cold. They're running out of shrimp. Not a time to be joking. This is on the final exam, goof. At Jeff Ward Show. <laughs> See, wow, this is some good work. CNBC says OJ was worth $10.8 million, $22 million ish today, when he divorced Nicole Brown in 1992. Huh. I, I would assume he could have made more. You know, O.J. was part of one of the great ad campaigns. Was it was it Hertz or Avis when he went running to the airport? Um, it, it, it took their business, changed their business entirely. I, maybe O.J. was underpaid. For comparison, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is listed today at $25 million. At Jeff Ford Show. That's incredible. It was a must-watch when I was a kid. I don't think that's how Fran Targeton made all of his money. Um, didn't he do like late night infomercials too? Am I thinking of the right guy? It's a great player. Uh, just Google some of, uh, go to YouTube and check out some Fran Tarkin and highlights. He has this scramble one time. It feels like it lasts about five minutes. 
It's uh, could he play today? I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe. So, um, yeah, check it out. I, he, I think he made his money maybe in software. Somebody will know. I mean, if you're going to look up how much Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is worth, you'll look up Fran Tarkenton. Um, <laughs> at Jeff Ward Show, I'm told that Henry Kissinger would outlive him. Talking about Jimmy Carter? He's going to outlive Jimmy Carter? Oh, okay. Well, that's fun. Thank you. He was 100. Henry Kissinger was 100. At Jeff Ford Show, Nebraska head coach Matt Rule says good quarterbacks in the portal cost $1.1 to $2 million. Yeah, exactly. You know, Matt Rule, here's what I would say. You know, I, I wish more coaches, not that it will matter. So Matt Rule is the head coach in Nebraska. It is now a dead-end job. It's a dead-end job, and I think he now knows that. And I think that sucks because I think he could have been, had he been patient, I think he would have been the right person at A&M. And are you going to laugh at me? Because he flamed out in Carolina, but not really. He wasn't the problem in Carolina. He did an amazing job at Baylor. Did an amazing job at Temple. And here he is in Nebraska, which he now, I think, realizes is a dead-end job. And he goes public yesterday saying, he didn't come out and say, I can't get a really good quarterback because we can't afford a really good quarterback. But that was the implication. He said it costs a quarterback right now, and the transfer will cost you about $2 million. At Texas, it'll be eight, and they'll pay it. And I just wish you would come out and say, and I, I know people are going to react, and you're going to say, well, gosh, you're making six, eight million bucks, coach. Too bad. Don't whine. What he really is trying to get across is um, we don't have people running around. We don't have people, we don't have the means, the alumni means, we don't have hangers-on that'll just run up and give somebody a cash in a car. So we just can't compete with those people. There was a coach, I believe it was Jim Mora Jr. at Connecticut the other day, that came out and said it. He goes, unless more of you give these guys money, some cash, we've got no chance to get players. I thought, yeah, yeah, no one cares, but yeah, you're spot on. All right, let's do a little buy-sell. He is Cedric Golden, a famous writer for the Austin American Statesman. This is how buy or sell works. It's not crypto. It's not flipping houses. It's none of that stuff. There are five statements made. You can agree. That's buy. Or you can disagree. That's sell. Two media legends, five topics, and a moment of jackassery. This is buy or sell. That's buy or freaking sell. All right, here we go. Gentlemen, buy or sell number one. If the season ended today, Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott would be the NFL MVP. Buy or sell. Man, I love that. I, I can't believe we're having this conversation. Um, I'm buying. I'm buying. Dak wow. Prescott has been electric for a month. And, and the Cowboys are a Super Bowl contender and if you look at the numbers that are put up by the elite quarterbacks and this MVP award, let's keep it real. It's about quarterbacks. It's not. It's just like the Heisman. It's going to go to a quarterback. He's better than Josh Allen this year. Joe Burrow is out for the season. Um, and and uh, C.J. Stroud is, is a close second in my book. But I think what the Dallas Cowboys are doing with Dak Prescott, and I'm going to give some respect to Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns. He's the best player in the league, but he's a defender. He's not going to get that win. 
is going to be Dak Prescott. And uh, if he continues at this rate and they play like they've been playing in this tough gauntlet in December, you got Buffalo, you got the Eagles, you got the Dolphins, you got the Bills. If if he continues to play the way he's been playing, he will win the MVP. Uh, if it start, stopped today, he'd get my vote. And if he keeps on this current play, pace, He's going to win the MVP. I'm buying. I'm smoking it. Wow. Well, this is a change of pace. I'm selling. I'm oh, selling. no. Come on. <laughs> I'm selling because the first part of the statement is if the season ended today. Today, if the season ended, and I, I, I think we're, we're confusing things here. You're saying he would get your vote today. I'm saying today he wouldn't win. Jalen Hurts would win today, even if I would argue I'm not sure he deserves it over Dak Prescott. But I think if the vote were taken today in the NFL, I think Jalen Hurts would win it. But in two weeks, in two weeks, I think the answer would and should be Dak Prescott. And then I would follow up by saying the real MVP of the Dallas Cowboys this year is CeeDee Lamb. But that's not the award. So... You can't do it if there's not a guy throwing to the ball. I don't know. He seems like he's doing a he's lot. He's not going to win an MVP on end around. <laughs> Dallas has won three straight games by a combined margin of 127 to 47. They've won seven games this season by at least 20 points. He's thrown for 300-plus yards and three or more touchdowns four times just in five weeks. They're a nine-point favorite against Seattle. They'll cover that easily because they're at home. Now... The the disqualification for Dak Prescott as of today, today, is that they've done this against cream puffs. They've done this against teams that suck. They've done it against teams that can't play an ounce of defense. But when he goes head-to-head with Jalen Hurts in two weeks and outplays him, and he might, then I think he might be the MVP. But today, I'm I'm selling as of today. Buy or freaking sell. Sports Illustrated got it right in naming Colorado coach Deion Sanders the sports person of the year. Buy or sell. And I thought we spoke crack on this show. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know what that was. I wasn't doing. Horrible. Selling. What did he do? He kicked kicked, uh, 80 guys off the football team. He won a couple games early, and he's what has he lost seven out of eight now? They're not going to make a bowl game. I mean, this isn't the bad news bears. I mean, we loved the bad news bears growing up, but they sucked. They had one player. Colorado's not very good, and and the sports sports person of the year should be sporty. Eon is not sporty. He's a clickbait monster. What about what about Simone Biles? I mean, what about her? What about Coco Golf? Those people, those people transcended their sport this year. They didn't go for it, eight. And so, uh, Dion is popular, and Dion got clicks, and Dion had cool videos, and Dion sold out stadiums in Colorado, but his product was awful in the last eight games. Nothing about what he did at Colorado should have been considered for sports person of the year. Did he get the most headlines? Yes. But but did he excel? No. So I'm selling. Yeah, I'm I'm selling too. I mean, it, 
Had it lasted longer than two and a half months, I, I might buy it today, but it was really just kind of a two-month, three-month thing where he was the story of the day, the hottest story of the day. It was all fun. The ratings were great. But, I, I mean, going from 1-11 and 11 to four wins is not quite sports person of the year. I mean, I said at the beginning of the year, if they won six, then he, he would be coach of the year. They didn't get to six. They've won four. And in the process... His son is all but ruined and damaged goods to be an NFL player because he now has a broken back. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm not. Sh- I, I guess they're trying to get clicks too. I, I don't. I don't get this at all. The totality of what he's done is not good enough. The short term, first month or two of it was spectacular. Got it. Got it. It should have been Lionel Messi. There you go. I mean, <laughs> he 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 did what Deion Sanders did. Tenfold, right? I mean, rather, I mean, ticket prices, ticket prices went from 150 bucks to like 10,000 bucks. Uh, Apple subscriptions to the MLS package went from you know whatever 20,000 to two million. Um, and, and and he delivered. And he delivered exactly. I, he picked up an entire league when I really thought he was just going to kind of dance around and not care. He actually showed up and played like crazy, even though he was worn out at 37. I, I no, I, I don't. I, I mean, I would say Lionel Messi, and then I, I, I just guess it's politically incorrect now to say LeBron James. Nothing wrong with LeBron. Yeah. I mean, I think those are two easy arguments to be made far more than Deion Sanders. I'm not even sure if he would. Would you put him in your top ten? No. Yeah. I, what did he do? What did he do? Well, he won. Where's Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what did he do? He went from Nothing. one. He went from one and eleven to four and eight. Great. Yeah, and got his killed, crushed in the process. Man, that's tough. Yeah, this, I just think that was about seven. Sports Illustrated. Uh, that was our Bible growing up, along with the Dallas Morning News. Jeff, and uh, it's fallen. It's taken a precipitous fall. And you know, I, I I hate I hate that the quality of work uh, done by that publication. And has fallen victim to a just just a click hunt, a subscriber hunt. Um, that's that's not good. that wasn't a good journalistic piece. That but it's probably going to sell quite a few magazines and good for them. I don't, I don't even know that. I mean, I, like I think people have just moved on until he wins again. But yeah, maybe. Keep waiting. We may not win. Freaking sell. He's a good coach. We don't know that yet, Jeff. Yeah. All right, Aaron Rodgers starts for the Jets before the season is over. Buy or sell? He's not going to play this year, guy. I'm selling. He's not going to play. Why would you give a guy $200 million and and knowing that your team's not, not going to make the playoffs and then push him out there on a half-heeled Achilles heel? You trying to get him murdered? I mean... Did you see him running around on those four plays before he got hurt? He was overrun. That offensive line is a sieve. And he's your most important investment because you poured all this money into him. You have to protect Aaron Rodgers. The offensive line couldn't, but but the coach should. And it's cool that he's back out there throwing the ball around and moving around a little bit. But what that should be about is rehabilitation, not getting ready to play the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park in a month. No, 
So Aaron Rodgers, he can practice all he wants, but he should be shut down for the season. And then they come back next season, and hopefully he's better. They get some linemen to protect him. Uh, he's already got some good weapons in Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, but they need to protect him. And if that means protecting him from himself, then yes, he does not play. So I'm selling. He will not play again this season. I'm selling barely. He'll do and get what, <laughs> and here's why. Because if he feels, if his ego needs him to do it, the stupid Jets will do whatever he said. He has, well, the Jets have done it themselves. Their owner has done it himself. Woody Johnson's a moron. But they have ruined not only this season because of the Aaron Rodgers deal, but I suspect they may have that franchise may be sunk for the next two or three years because of the Aaron Rodgers deal. So he is, you can hear his head coach basically say he's a miracle worker, he's kissing his ass and saying he'll get whatever he wants. So if he walks up and says, you know what, I really feel like I need to play today, I think those fools will play him. I do. I don't think anyone so there. I don't so think anyone dumb. there because the organization is his. That roster is now his. All the good and the bad is now his because they go out and sign him. They go sign a 40-year-old guy when they could have done something else. They give away, they give up draft picks. They give, they let him bring in his own receivers who have not done anything. They then try and let him bring in his own offensive coordinator who's not done anything. So they let him just put his stamp all over that franchise. I don't see them stopping him if he wanted to play this year. Now, I think he might eventually look out there and say, not because he cares about that team or he cares about anything else but how he looks, I think he might be wise enough to say, I can't go out there because I'm going to look terrible. I think the guy's an absolute egomaniac to the point that they've given him anything and everything he wants, and I think it could be including this. So he's now, I think he's going to back away um, because he's now qualifying it by saying, well, if we got a shot at the playoffs, really? They're 4-7. and seven. They're 15th in the AFC. Not going to make it. Yeah. I mean, here's the, you're right about the four plays that he was in the game. He ran, was running on three of them, and the other one he got hurt. If he had been playing, if he had not ruptured his Achilles, and he had played this whole, if he had been playing this season, do you think he would have lasted this long? No, I don't either. He wouldn't have. No, and so, and so you don't push him out there. And this, a lot of this with Aaron Rodgers is all about attention. Yeah. He is one of the most narcissistic athletes to ever come through the pipe. He is not known as a guy that's going to show up if he's hurt. He's in the press box. He's on Pat McAfee. He's doing all he can. Look at me. Look at me. Dude, you're not going to play football this year. And if your bosses have any kind of brain, Robert Sala is not stupid. Your bosses have any kind of brain. They, they've already told you, well, you know, you, know, you can practice all you want. And the king, you can talk to the press about hopefully coming back. But between me, you, and these four walls, your ass not playing this year. Well, what, what good? What, what good I don't be. even get what good would it do. Even if he ran around and said, "Look how look at my Achilles is. Uh, I'm the six million dollar man. I'm a miracle. I hate Fauci. All oh, whatever he wants to say." But what's the point? So you trot him out there, and let's say he catches fire, and they beat I don't know. They beat uh, you know, they beat somebody because of him. I don't think they will. But if they did, it would still wouldn't even matter. I mean, it's just there's no point to it. Well, congratulations. You're seven and ten. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what are we doing here? We're, yeah. I mean, it's about making the playoffs. And either you're a contender or you're not. And the Jets are not a contender. 
I think it's just interesting that the guy that hated science before sure does like science and medicine now. He just hates Fauci. Yeah, I know. Buy or freaking sell. <laughs> That's two Fauci's already today. It's two Fauci's. Even as Big 12 champions, Texas will not get into the college football playoff final for buy or sell. Fauci's, can we work in? Um, Let's get some more Fauci's. Man. More, more Fauci's, more old man's. I mean, that's my favorite. Um, I, I, I think that the Texas Longhorns still have a chance. I'm going to buy. They're going to beat Oklahoma State, guys. They're going to whoop them. They're going to beat them by, by two or three touchdowns. Uh, the question is, will Florida State finally give up the ghost and lose to Louisville? That's the question. That's the question. They need three things to happen. And, and I know they're going to beat Oklahoma State. The second one is Florida State losing to Louisville. The third one, and that's a big one, they don't need Alabama to beat Georgia because if Alabama beats Georgia, they're going to name Nick Saban Pope and put put the <laughs> Crimson Tide number three in the CFP. So that's going to hurt Texas, even though I believe the fact that they handed it to the Crimson Tide in Tuscaloosa should count for something, no matter what Alabama does. So uh, I still believe that the Longhorns have a great opportunity to get in. Uh, like I said on the last buy or sell, I'm probably thinking more with my travel agent heart than I am with my wallet or my or my brain. But it's there for them. Uh, we know they're a good team. They're probably, probably the fifth or sixth best team in the country if we're keeping it real. But I, I believe that they're a matchup nightmare for anyone they play. Will they get the chance? Will they get to number four? Um, a gun to my head, I say no. But but for the for the purposes of this discussion, uh, they have a great chance, and I think Louisville is going to beat Florida State. So I'm going to buy. You didn't mention Ohio State once. Ohio State is slotted ahead of Texas. Ohio State shouldn't be considered. Because Ohio State, I'm just saying that, that committee State didn't. Lost. The committee, yeah. I mean, it was pretty symbolic by sticking them where they did. I mean, I, I, I got you, I got you. But Ohio State has no upside now. I know they're done. They have no upside. Texas, uh, Texas winning a, a Big Twelve champion with one loss should should be better than an Ohio State that's not playing in its conference title game. Yeah, I, I'm I'm buying as well. I don't think it happens, but yeah, I, I, I'm going to buy this because I think not only does Texas beat Oklahoma State, who can't stop the run at all, right? They can't play run defense at all, and that's kind of a bad matchup against Texas. I, I, I think the incentive is there against Coach Maga Hats, Mike Gundy. I, I think they, I, I think they're, I think if they're up by 45 in the ball with 12 seconds left and the ball's on the seven, I think they're chunking in the end zone to score again. I think they, they'll just keep, keep trying to score to, to win that beauty pageant on that day. And I have no idea what Louisville can or can't do. Um, but if that were, well, if that were we know that. yeah, I know. If they were, if they were, if that were to go down, then I do, I do, I kind of see it where I could see Texas would, would have enough. Assuming they blow out Oklahoma State, I think they'd have enough. I think they'd have enough uh, popularity to get in because that's all that committee seems to care about. Yeah, Sark's got to run the score up, and you know the one thing that's working against them, I think Jeff is. They let some bad teams hang around during yeah. the regular season. Houston, TCU, those teams hung around. Uh, even Wyoming, 10-10 after three quarters. 
I mean, Texas should have worked Wyoming. And so that that might might work against them. But they can look at that committee and said 52 teams before before Texas, 53 teams before Texas went into Tuscaloosa and got worked. But they but Texas is only one of two teams to go in there and win. The other was was LSU with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Queen, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and several others. So a lot of other teams didn't get it done. They handed it to the Tide by 10 in Tuscaloosa. That's got to count for something. And then the way Alabama has won in the last part of the season, it can only help Texas's cause. They just need them to lose to Georgia, in my opinion. Buy or freaking sell. Speaking of Alabama, they are more likely to cover the five and a half point spread against Georgia than Philadelphia Eagles are to cover as a two and a half point underdog against the 49ers. Buy or sell. I sell because I watched Alabama against Auburn and Alabama, Alabama can be had and they haven't played a team like Georgia all season. I think Georgia's gone gonna beat Alabama by double digits. I believe that. There are people out there that think it's going to be one of those old-school SEC, oh, it was a 10-7 game. Oh, what a great throwback. No, that's bad football. Nobody wants to see that crap. I don't want to see a 10-7 game. I want to I want to see a 31-24 type game. But I think that Georgia, uh, Cameron Beck has really come on as, as a quarterback, and so is Milrow. But Milrow, Milrow was a one-trick pony for most of the season. Auburn gifted them a win. They were dead to rights, and Auburn is not that good. Auburn is not Georgia. So I I'm, I think that Georgia's going to win that game by double digits. Philly, Philly is very capable of beating the 49ers. You never know what you're going to get out of Brock Purdy. He's been a little up and down lately, and the Niners are banged up on the back end. So And uh, Jeff Ward's MVP is playing pretty well, Jalen Hurts. So I, I think that Philly has a great chance not to just cover that two and a half. They got a great chance to go in there and beat the 49ers. So I am selling. I'm buying because I think Alabama can run on Georgia. Georgia is really good on offense, um, no doubt but is not the same defensive team. They've been run on a few times this year. They haven't played a very tough schedule, so it doesn't really show up that much. Um, I think Milrow can do some damage with his legs. I, I, I think Alabama covers that. I really do. I think they can run on Georgia. I, I think they suck the life out of the game, too. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's a sky. It, and plus, not only do I think it's just a decent matchup for Alabama versus the Georgia defense, I think law of averages is working against Georgia. The sooner or later, it's going to be a bad day. They got a break. They got lucky last year to beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. They got lucky to win. People don't talk about it enough. They really should have lost that game. So I just sort of believe in football karma, and I think karma's going to end up catching up with him like it did USC a long time ago. You just... When you start to slip on defense, your offense can't always be that good to make up for it, and I think it ends up costing them. I, 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 buy, I buy this. I do. I think Alabama covers that, and I have the same argument for Philly. Their DNA is just a win, and they've got it down, and they're the best team in the NFL, but I think law of averages catches up with them too. They got lucky last week. I yeah, mean, fifty-nine I mean, yard got, field goal is not lucky. Yeah, but, no, I know. I mean, that, that it's, was, it's still look, a fifty-nine yard field goal. I, I'm one that does not want to say the Eagles have been lucky at all, but I do think it just catches up with you. That, and here's the thing about the NFL: it's 
it's too many tough, exhausting games, right? They're they're admirable because they have that DNA where they're closers. But these games are exhausting, man. I mean, they're grind. They they're are, grind. They are, those dudes work and work and work. And I just think sooner or later, both Georgia and Alabama, I think sooner or later catches up with them. So I buy. And you know, and you know what? These are two games that I would not touch with a ten foot pole. Oh home. hell no, no. I would take Dallas. I'd bet your house, your car. Your suits, your hat, whatever you got. I would bet all that on Dallas to cover against Seattle. I wouldn't I would not touch I would not bet against Philly no matter what. Real money. Your money. Yeah. Give me the Cowboys all night long tonight. But yeah. I'm not touching those other two. All right, man. It's always good stuff. Good talking to you. All right, brother. Take care. This is buy or sell.